This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Chicago's facing a few challenges, from housing to public safety, but the mayor's got a plan. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Mayor Brandon Johnson released his four-year vision for the city last week. The 223-page report includes some lofty goals on education, health care, housing, public safety, and workers' rights. But a plan for $800 million worth of new and increased taxes, which is something that Johnson promised during his campaign, well, that's missing. This plan comes as the mayor faces other challenges. A growing migrant crisis, alleged sexual misconduct by at least one Chicago police officer against a migrant staying at a police station, and more. Here to break it down are WBEZ city government and politics reporters Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wolfel. All right, Tessa, let's first touch on the mayor's four-year plan for Chicago. I mean, typically this type of roadmap has been released before a mayor takes office. So what reason did the Johnson administration give for releasing it more than a month and a half into his tenure? Yeah, it was pretty delayed this time compared to his predecessors. You know, uh, former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, he released his in May of 2011, Former Mayor Lori Lightfoot also released hers in May of 2019. We didn't get Johnson's down until July. Um, You know, he said last week um, at the unveiling of the transition report where it was delivered to him, um, you know, he said it was delayed because the people of Chicago are, you know, worth the time, the effort and the deliberation to finally get it right. And he specifically pointed also to young people and the need to invest in them and chalking that up to some of the the delays we saw. Um, You know, it's been, I think, uh, something we've heard from him frequently, even when, you know, pressed about his plans for, um, you know, asylum seekers arriving in the city and what their, you know, overarching, you know, plan is for that. He's often pointed to, hey, I've had, you know, a short transition period, like give us some time, we're working on it. Mm, And so I think it it followed what we've seen. So as I mentioned, the the report doesn't include how this new administration plans to impose that $800 million worth of taxes, which, again, something that we heard him campaign on. So what do you make of that? Yeah, you know, I think it kind of tracks with the report itself broadly, I think, followed a lot of his campaign promises. Um, You know, there wasn't too much that was too dissimilar there, but still gave him some wiggle room on actually, how is he going to implement these things? What are the timeline? I think that reflected that, um, you know, on the campaign trail, I think his um, pitches for new revenue were some maybe of the more controversial ones um, mm-hmm. where there's a little more disagreement. And that was kind of noted in the report. Um, you know, some of the ideas, though, they did talk more broadly about increasing Chicago's tax base by growing its population, which I think goes back to his idea of, you know, addressing root causes of whether it's things like violence or how to boost, you know, Chicago's economy. It goes to investing in people more broadly, investing in neighborhoods all across the city. And it, it did touch on as well, while it didn't get to details of 
um, to achieve things like tax fairness and predictability that includes reducing reliance on property taxes, mm-hmm. which I think we'll see, you know, in Johnson's first budget coming up, how he's maybe going to do some of those things without raising property taxes like he's vowed. Well, Mariah, let's talk about what the report does include, right? It's, it's divided into 11 topic areas. It's got short and long-term goals. Uh, I'm going to read some of those out here. Arts and culture, economic vitality and equity, education, environmental justice, health and human services, housing, human rights, equity and inclusion, immigration, public safety, transportation, and workers' rights and labor. So which of these issues would you say are the most pressing for for Johnson to to focus on? Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of those are intertwined and um, come back to making the city, you know, a stronger, safer place for residents to live, as Johnson says he's wanted to do. Um, I will say I do want to preface that this report, it, it was you know, written by people who Johnson chose for his transition committee, of course. And so a lot of these promises and priorities align with what Johnson campaigned on. At the same time, this is a non-binding report. And Mm -hmm. so this is what advocates who supported Johnson's campaign for mayor, who will have, you know, aligned his ear and, and, you know, be listened to, who he promises to listen to throughout his four years, want to see for the city of Chicago. But as Tessa kind of said, it does leave him some flexibility on specific policy proposals, such as the tax the taxes and and how he wants to pay for um, a lot of his priorities without increasing property taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in terms of which issues are most pressing, yeah. the mayor has said public safety is top of mind. I mean, how can it not be right. um, in the city of Chicago, which Crime's has dealt been with the talker. crime for, for decades? And so um, but a lot of a lot of things go into reducing crime, including, you know, affordable housing for people um, and human rights, equity and inclusion and jobs, you know, economic priorities. And so a lot of those a lot of overlap are the top of his list. I mean, you can point to some of those areas and and things that we're expecting. I mean, a lot of the a lot of what Johnson is going to do or not do in his first year will be figured out in his first budget, which is, you know, budget season is getting underway with some hearings starting next week. And then it'll really start to um, be budget season in earnest in the fall. In in that budget season, I, I think we might see him either um, – create or not create a Department of Environment. So when you talk about environmental justice, one yeah. of his key promises on that is is um, standing up a fully-fledged Department of Environment. And so I think we'll see, we'll really get, you know, an idea of what his top priorities are for his budget uh, yeah. coming up in the fall. And on the note of public safety, uh, Mariah, that section proposes to eliminate the police department's gang database and also to cancel um, the city's shot spotter contract. I mean, what do they hope that will accomplish? Yeah, I mean, those are two things that that Johnson um, campaigned on. The gang database uh, is, you know, advocates say has has unfairly targeted black and brown Chicagoans and basically, you know, is is an impediment to people moving on from past mistakes. It also has, as people have reported, has many factual inaccuracies. And so that um, you know, is something that Johnson has for sure supported eliminating and canceling the shitty the city's shot spotter contract is also something he campaigned on, but will have to 
you know, we'll have to see um, what his specific policy is on that. The Sun-Times obviously reported that his administration renewed the contract with ShotSpotter. Um, you know, Johnson Johnson's office kind of said, well, that was that was an automatic signature. That was an automatic signature by the mayor that he wasn't aware of. And he wouldn't have been a rubber stamp on this contract. But we still have to see whether Johnson's going to be able to eliminate using that technology. Uh, Tessa, that section of the report also calls for CPD to stop using arrests and stops and, and ticket citations as a, a way to evaluate how productive the officers are. I mean, how quickly does Johnson plan to implement that and some of the other changes? Yeah, I think we'll have to see, especially on timeline of some of these things, especially, you know, in regards to some of these public safety reforms. Um, you know, Johnson still has to be delivered the finalists for the next CPD superintendent, um, and he's going to have to make that pick. So he cancel will have to confirm them. So I think a lot of that is going to have to go hand in hand with the you know new department leadership. So I think we'll have to see just on, you know, how realistic some of these goals actually are. And to some of the other things like reopening mental health clinics, you know, that said to reopen them in phases. And yeah. like Mariah said, I think when it comes down to maybe budget season and how he's going to fund some of these things, that'll help tell us of, you know, how quickly some of this will actually happen. Mariah, I mentioned one headache for the Johnson administration and something that's a huge concern for folks around the city. That's those allegations of sexual misconduct against at least one Chicago police officer at a a police station where migrants were sleeping in North Lawndale. Give us the latest on that story. An investigation by the Civilian Office of Police Accountability is underway, as well as internal affairs at the Chicago Police Department. We have yet to see whether CPD is going to refer criminal charges to the state's attorney. That's something that reporters are looking out for. And we would expect those charges to be referred sooner than when COPA's investigation, you know, would wrap up. That Those investigations could take months. Um, in the meantime, um, dozens of around 40 migrants have been moved out of the 10th district district police station. Um, But hundreds are still staying at police stations across the city as, you know, the city struggles to house migrants who, you know, continue to come each week. The city's received, you know, around 11,000 since August of last year. Um, And the city also said that they are laser focused on providing services to the alleged victim and their family. Um, and that could include therapy and health care, you know, even reproductive mm. um, resources. Interesting. Anything else we're hearing from Mayor Johnson on this? I, I think it's been interesting to hear them, you know, say of how this incident has really just underlined the urgency to move folks out of police stations. Uh, the administration wants to be getting out of police stations, period. Um, but I think that, you know, that's kind of long been their goal. And that's going to be really hard to achieve. Um, as Mariah mentioned, there's, you know, thousands of folks who have arrived. There's still hundreds in staying in these police stations. I was at one, you know, uh, this week. And there's literally new people who had arrived just over the weekend. There's really? folks coming every day. Um, and I think those Longer-term issues the administration has struggled with of opening more city shelters, finding you know viable ha- permanent long-term housing to move folks from city shelters into, so they can have more beds. All those challenges still exist, mm. and so how to logistically ramp some of this up quickly? I think is you know I think well, is the question I'm you know is on my mind of what I'll be looking for of how do you increase you know resources and funding and manpower for just the sheer numbers we're still facing yeah. i mean and as you said people are still coming in mm-hmm. each day i mean so 
where are the recently arrived asylum seekers staying? Everyone's just getting taken to police stations? I think, you know, police stations have really been um, kind of the intake point for a lot of folks. You know, some folks uh, at one police station in particular are, um, you know, staying in tents uh, outside of the police station. And some have said, you know, they prefer that. It's a little more of, um, you know, control over their own situation. They can have their things with them. Whereas sometimes, you know, when police stations are getting cleaned, folks have to, you know, kind of stay outside then for hours while those are getting cleaned inside so they have a little more control over their situation um but yeah that's still you know an area we've been relying on yeah yeah and as you brought up earlier mariah this story is also highlighting a broader issue that the the johnson administration is dealing with and that's of course housing right where are we housing these ten thousand plus migrants coming into the city i know that some aldermen have uh, also called for an end to having them stay at these police stations But is that feasible? It doesn't seem that that's feasible right now based on the conversations we've had with the Johnson administration where, I mean, they're simply put saying we have more than 700 people staying in police stations right now. They are working to open um, five more city shelters that would expand capacity by about 2,500 people. Um, And so that might be, you know, relieve some of the pressure off police stations. But their model is really opening big congregate spaces, Mm -hmm. preferably spaces that the city owns so that they can save on rent, um, while also, as Tessa has reported on, trying to get people into affordable housing with rental assistance from the the state. Yeah. What's the latest on uh, that plan to open five additional shelters in the city that, you know, that they were saying could house around 2,500 folks? I think it is just ongoing. Um, I don't know what the latest is in terms of timing of those shelters, but it seems that that is the main priority of the city right now. It, you know, could be very, very soon that they start to open those locations up. I mean, we sure need them for sure. Uh, Another city council meeting we know is coming up next week. Tessa, what's on the docket for that? Yeah, you know, we're still seeing um, committee meetings underway. So I think we'll have to see, you know, how that firms up. I know there's a proposal of, you know, having the city plow the sidewalks. We'll see if that gets a vote. I also think we'll have a lot of discussion all around, you know, the migrant issue and um, what the city's plan is. Um, at a recent committee hearing, um, you know, one of Johnson's, Brand- Mayor Brandon Johnson's top deputies talked about how the city's, you know, reevaluating its staffing contract that it spent millions on, looking at unveiling new models of tapping community-based orgs and nonprofits to be maybe some of these service providers or staffers or, you know, kind of have some of these spaces where people can stay. So I'm curious if we'll see, um, you know, more more thoughts on that unveiled, hear from, you know, older persons about, um, you know, their comments on what happened over the weekend with the allegations at the 10th district. I think a lot of that will continue to bubble up to the surface. And I think it's something we've seen repeatedly with, um, you know, folks from the public even coming just to voice their frustrations with the whole situation. We've been talking with Mariah Wolfel and Tessa Weinberg of WBEZ's politics team. Thank you both for stopping by. Thanks for having us. Thanks. This episode was produced by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. WBEZ politics reporters do something that's difficult when you're reporting on local government. They make it interesting and they make the connection of how moves at City Hall really impact people's lives. You should check out more of their work at WBEZ.org. It'll make you smarter. All right, that's it for now. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll chat again soon.
Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.